Hey everyone, welcome to the new media show. And uh, we are, I'm obviously not in my studio. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm in Michigan, just attended a, uh, my niece's uh, graduation yesterday, had a party on Saturday, and I'll be flying back to uh, Hawaii tomorrow. But uh, so uh, I'm on my MiFi, so we'll see how the connection lasts today, Rob. Well, it looks good so far, Todd. Your, your connection seems to be fast and we have an interesting show. We um, are going to have Tom Webster on from Edison Research. He's going to come in here and talk about the the uh, the big podcast research that just came out um, here that he did a presentation about. Uh, and hopefully, Tom, uh, you know, Todd and I kind of stirred things up a little bit about a couple of the slides in there. And hopefully, uh, Tom can draw some clarification and help us all kind of really understand what the methodology was for the Edison research and kind of, uh, you know, the bigger picture of what um, what that research said about what's happening in the podcasting space. And ho hopefully between Todd and I, we can, we can kind of um, share our, our, our perspectives on what maybe that, that research means in the context of what uh, Tom was trying to do. So. Yeah, it should be a, con a good conversation. I don't think we, uh, we, I, I think we did a good review of his, a couple of the slides that were in question the last go round. So mm -hmm. hopefully it's not a, a big, uh, hopefully you can just, yeah, like you said, clear it up. But uh, anyway, Rob, so you're, you know, it looks like you're back in your normal uh, studio instead of being in your, your vacation property or whatever you guys are calling yeah. it. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. I'm back here. It's, uh, it's roasting hot in the, in the Northwest these days, the last couple of days. <laughs> It was like 102 over there in eastern Washington, and it's it's going to be in the 80s, 90s here. So, well, it's uh, southern Michigan. It's been beautiful, and we were in the woods this morning, and uh, so it's you know it's just been pretty uh, pretty kicked back on my from my standpoint. But uh, you know, business continues just like anything else. We're we're getting ready to release a new version of PowerPress today. Oh. Uh, PowerPress Seven is going to be coming out with our new player integration and so we're excited about that and so um there's yeah. uh, been some stuff in the news too i was trying to dig some of that up uh here as we as we got into uh the mm -hmm. conversation yeah i was doing with, that too yeah uh, speaker has uh, a, a big update coming to our our publishing process uh coming out here in the next uh, week or so as well so you know, as we kind of keep pushing forward and improving the uh, podcast publishing experiences for thousands of podcasters out there, it's a, it's important. And I think we're this th this research that we're going to talk about from from the Edison side does kind of show a significant uh, uh, bump in awareness and interest and activity around podcasting, which seems to follow um, pretty closely to what. I think we've been seeing in the space here over the last six months or so is just a lot more interest, a lot more people investing and doing things and creating companies and lots of, uh, lots of activity. I don't know. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And there's been, you know, I think the, from what we're seeing is, you know, continued good growth rate. Uh, so here comes Tom. Hello. Hello, Tom. Good morning, afternoon, I guess, super morning for you, Todd, or? Uh, no, I'm actually uh, in Michigan. 
in, uh, for another day. So uh, yeah. it's uh, it's afternoon here. Super. I'm at a uh, I'm at a client, so I'm using their conference room. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good times. That's awesome. So sorry if I'm a little I'm a little shaky. I'll I'll hold still. Yeah, there you go. No, nah, no worries. Yeah. So anyway, so did, we did you get a chance? Go, go, go ahead, Rob. Oh no, go ahead, Todd. You started first. <laughs> so I, I don't know, Tom. Did you get a chance to look at our show from last week? And we were talking I did about not. a couple. Of, yeah. Okay. I did not. I've been traveling. I, you know, week. I think um, you know there was a lot of a lot of folks talking in space about. I believe it was slide nineteen specifically was a lot of, but had a lot of people bent for, you know. And as I look at the look at the question or looked at the slide, um, I really, to be honest with you didn't necessarily have an issue with it from a mm. um, response rate because it, you know, I think a lot of people took that. I, I don't think they did the math. I, you know, I've done that once before on one of your surveys. I looked at the question responses and yep. didn't realize that it was a broad question, not a segmented question. Um, but yeah. I think what the concern for some folks were was that it, um, the specific slide, slide 19, I think made it look mm -hmm. like that, uh, that downloads were on the decline. And I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think it's- Oh, no, 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 yeah. Uh, first of all, there's no trending on that slide. So to say something's on the decline means you show it moving over time. And that's really the right. first time we've asked the question that way. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of the pushback that I have seen on that slide has immediately gone to streaming, conflating what we're actually saying on that slide mm -hmm. with streaming. And we're not making, we're not making that claim, I think. What's clear is that the, the podcast listener doesn't know if they are streaming or if they're having a progressive download. Uh, all they know is right. I clicked on the link and I, and I listened to play. Um, you know, it, it does show that fewer people subscribe and listen to later uh, than click and listen to immediately. Uh, and it does show that when you ask people to say which is the one they think they do the most, most people will say, I click to download and, and listen immediately. But that doesn't mean that it's being streamed. It just means that that's the perception of the consumer, that they're not parking it and listening to it later uh, as much as they are just clicking on a link and listening to it. Um, and I think some of the pushback on that, uh, on that slide, first of all, it's a slide about plays. It's not a slide about what happens on your server. Um, it confuses right. me in a lot of ways because I, that's a good thing for podcasters if you're in the business of trying to sell advertising on podcasts. I mean, I, I've spoken to a lot of agencies in the past couple of months. If it's a big agency or media buyer, you name it, I've spoken to them in the last two or three months. And they all give you a lot of the same concerns. Like you know, Home Depot is not going to advertise on this podcast because they want to talk about an upcoming sale. And they are afraid that no one's going to hear that ad in time for the sale. Well, what, uh, what these data suggest is that actually most people are going to hear it pretty quickly. And even the following slide, uh, the method, um, the time between downloading the last podcast and listening to it for those who do download also suggests that most people do it within 48 hours. And that's really good news for podcasters. It tells you that this content is not just sitting around unlistened to for weeks and months on somebody's hard drive, that people are actively doing been a, I think that's been known yeah. from the beginning. I don't think that is a surprise really to to any of us. We all know that um, about 96, 97% of podcasts will do about 95 to 97% of their 
lifetime mm-hmm. downloads, listens, streams, whatever you want to call it within the first 96 hours that the show is online. But I yeah. do have um, a, you know, based on what you just said, I did want to come back. And I do think, though, that when you're looking at consumption trends, mm-hmm. when it comes between a download and a stream, you can tell the difference based upon you have to go to the client level and look at that data to determine, you know, right. what client access that. So, you know, I think we still see the high, high majority, um, well over 50% of the content that's being delivered. Um, you know, looking at raw data logs, it's being delivered is, mm-hmm. is basically being pushed via, you know, they're downloading and listening later. Now they may be listening soon, yeah. But I still don't think most people are just clicking play. They may, they may have already got it and they just, you know, the action, I don't care how they get to it. I don't know if they care if they've downloaded it and listened, if they've streamed, mm-hmm. if they actively click play. We don't really care at this point. As long as they click play, I think that's the main point, right? Well, I think uh, as long as they click play, and again, we're talking about the listen here, which the listen is a very hard thing uh, unless you have client data, as you say. Yeah. The listen is a hard thing. To, and, we, and we are talking about the listen. And so I would, I would say a couple of things to that. Um, everybody's network data is going to look very, very different, right? Um, you know, we right now we are working with, I would say... I don't necessarily yeah. agree with that. Oh, I, I would push back on that very hard. Um, because I think, you know, first of all, we've done, uh, we've done a lot of research for NPR. We do research for uh, WBEZ, This American Life in Serial. We do research for Podcast One. We do research for CBS. We do research for WNYC. Uh, data looks different in different networks that you would be surprised at how many people listen to NPR podcasts by going to NPR.org and clicking on the link to listen to it right then and there. They're not even going through a client. Um, and I understand that your data probably looks very, very different. I, I know you just put out some data that was uh, like a hundred million downloads over 20,000 podcasts, right? Is that fair? It was a hundred million downloads over about 40,000 podcasts. 40,000 podcasts, right. So that's, uh, I have no doubt that that's what you see in your data, Todd. I would not, I would not push back on that at all, but a hundred million downloads is also what in that span of time, uh, WBEZ generates with two podcasts and their data looks different. Their data they don't different. do a hundred million downloads over two podcasts. Uh, over the course of they a year, never publicly said that. Over the over, over course of a yeah, year, over the course of a year, I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking yeah. about over course of a month. That was one month's worth of data. Yeah. Fine, I'm just I'm just telling you that yeah, your you your that. data is is representative of your network, and I'm not suggesting that anybody else's data is representative of the whole space. I'm just saying it differs a lot. Public media podcasts look an awful lot different than the podcasts on Raw Voice or maybe the podcasts on Libsyn. Um, so it's, it does differ by, uh, by the type of content. It differs by the audience. And the podcasts that are newer are behaving differently than the podcasts that are older. Uh, that, again, may not be categorically true on your network, Todd. I'm not suggesting that it is. But uh, you look at some of the newer podcasts, like uh, the big podcast with Shaq on the Podcast One Network, a lot of that's being driven by social. People are clicking on the link directly from Shaq's tweets and listening to the show. And so that behavior is different by show as well. That's all I'm suggesting. Well, that then that behavior is uh, very, very unique because um, the the data that I've seen is that not that much listening happens off of Twitter. Um, I mean, people will you know uh, listen to a few seconds of it, but that's not that, that's not the normal practice. It's not like they're listening. 
to an hour long show off of a link off of Twitter. Usually I would say, no, not usually. I, I, yeah. I, I completely agree with that as well, Rob. I'm just suggesting that, um, well, look, I will make this, I will make this suggestion that, uh, streaming is becoming a bigger part of podcasting. And I will also make the suggestion that the, the types of deals like our clients at Pandora have made with okay. this American life and serial are going to be on the increase as well, in which case that actually is streaming. Uh, so that's, that's the suggestion I'm going to make here. So would you say not streaming, you're actually talking about shoutcast streams, um, uh, like with well, Spotify what I, and, and, um, and Pandora use. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, okay. in that's in this specific case. Yeah. I mean, because that is what, uh, that is what Pandora is doing. Yeah. Um, and again, that's, that's, there's no like agenda here to kill the download far from it. I mean, that's how I listen to, uh, to podcasts is because I travel so much. I download them. I listen to them later. I, I've got no dog in this fight. Um, but it's kind of good news though, to have things like, uh, Pandora starting to actually stream some of this content because that content is then measured by Triton using an MRC accredited measurement system. And it gives advertisers even a little bit more uh, confidence when they can look at that and make, and maybe use that to make some assumptions across the space, the things that aren't measured in that way. Uh, and it just continues to give them more and more confidence. The one thing that really irritates me and I continue to hear it is when I get pushback about metrics. Our metrics are actually pretty good. Um, there, I think, are other things, other reasons for people to push back on that. Um, but whenever I hear people push back on metrics, I remind them how radio ratings are done or how television ratings are done. Mm -hmm. uh, we have really good data. And I think, uh, you know, for the most part, the people in this space that are, that are tracking downloads are doing a good job. I think there's going to continue to be innovation uh, with things like streaming and other forms of measurement. And all of it's going to add up to a better picture than what we used to have. That's I think all. if you get, I think if you get to the heart of it, though, and let's just be also very transparent here. Triton was a is a sponsor of the survey. Yes, and the, their name is on it. Number yep. two, Pandora has what two podcasts on there or right three podcasts on their site. So uh -huh. you know, it's it's nothing compared to the hundred and forty or hundred fifty thousand active shows. You have um, uh, Spotify, who has added, again, a handful of shows. These are the uh, one of the handful of folks um, that are actually doing, not even a handful, a small number of shows are truly doing, quote, unquote, streaming, where they're being fed by a Shoutcast mm -hmm. server or something to that effect. So um, you look at what Google's doing, uh, even Google um, allows people to pre-cache or download or however you want to talk about it. The, I'm not exactly sure the technology that they're using on the push side. They may be doing the same thing that, uh, that Pandora does because they've cached and they're making it available online. In all honesty, I don't think that there is an issue, and I don't have an issue on how people, people are consuming the data. I could really care less yeah. on how they get to it as long as they get to it. But I continue to hear this, what, what it, it sounds like to us, is that all of a sudden now that, uh, you know, the data that we actually get um, has never been questioned by media buyers. I don't, the media buyers I talk to, I go to New York, mm. I go to Chicago, I go to Dallas, mm. I go to Houston, I go to LA, I go to San Francisco, and I meet with 30, 40 media buyers a year. 
and none of them have ever, ever, ever questioned the data uh, for the campaigns that are um, that are being run or being considered to be run as being an issue from a measurement or from a reliability or from a concern standpoint. I, I think that's the, you know, for some, for a, for a general statement to be made that it's going to make Home Depot or someone else much more. I just, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Sure. We want them to, to join the space, but you know, most of the times those folks are, and we, you know, this is a story that we've been telling for many, many years. And those that are informed understands the consumption window of a show. Um, you know, you know, there's all kinds of thing, cute things some people are doing with dart tracking, which, you know, is a bunch of BS mm -hmm. in my, my opinion. Uh, well, it's not, that's not everybody's opinion. And I think there are different people have different levels of pushback in the space. So, um, yeah, there's only one company doing this so-called dart tracking. And uh, to date, uh, you know, that that company has issues with reporting that is well known across the space. So, um, again, I think the IEB stuff is going to help when their measurement document comes out. That's going to solidify a lot of stuff, make players that maybe not be playing completely on, bo on par with everyone else to force them to do so. Um, or or have to quantify why they're not. Um, and I'm not against the um, content being, again, for the consumer, we don't care how they consume the media. I, at least I don't, I don't care how they consume it. Mm. But I think that, you know, I, I was at an event and I've told this story a couple of times as in a, at a industry event and it was the day Google announced their, um, their in basically a launch their platform and one of the gentlemen that was standing there was with a company out in New York, a streaming company, and he was absolutely incensed beyond belief that Google would allow content people or, or listeners to sure. download the media. And I mean, he was mad, Tom. He was he, he was he was cussing about it. And um, I kind of took him to task a little bit and said, you know, how dare you? I said, say that because we have. For example, I'm here in Michigan. Connectivity sucks. I'm on my MiFi today. This is what I'm yeah. using to get online. And uh, um, you have a lot of listeners out there. There are five or six members of their family on a single data plan. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not every I've got fat bandwidth because I can afford it, but most people, a lot of people don't. So I think a lot of people are still waiting till they get on Wi-Fi to be able to access the content. Um, whether it be downloading it or listening then, I, I don't care. But I think um, for the most part, uh, there are some folks in this space that want the download to go away. And I know, you, I know you're not on that page, but there are companies in this space that no. uh, hate, 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 hate the download. Hmm. I don't get that at all. Um, I mean, I don't understand that, that sentiment. Uh, Me neither. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think um, – well, Tom, Tom let, let, let's be completely transparent. The 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 big reason uh, for, from a brand brand advertiser perspective, um, they don't you know just like what you were talking about earlier about um, timed promotions, right? Download mm, present a problem for brand advertisers that yeah. want to do timed um, ads that uh, expire, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of, so, there's a lot of money in, uh, in what's called tune-in advertising, which mm -hmm. is, you know, uh, Fox 
wanting to run an ad to promote a new show that's premiering on Monday. Yep. And, right. and, you know, and some um, media buyers can be skittish about this, right? They, they can look at the data and say, well, how do we know it's going to be delivered? And I think what our study has, uh, has done is provide a broad consumer level look, a third party look at how consumers are using podcasts. And, you know, it's my belief that this data will help to alleviate some of those concerns. And I, I, I want to go back and touch on just a couple of things, Todd, that you mentioned. Uh, the infinite dial and the podcast consumer from which uh, that part of it was drawn was sponsored by Triton. Uh, the share of ear data is not. That is not sponsored by anybody. Um, and if I hope there's not an implication in there that Triton has any influence over what our data is, because that's... Uh, I would vociferously correct that implication. That's simply not how Edison works, and we wouldn't be in business as long as we have if we did do that. Uh, I don't have an agenda to kill the stream. I, I don't want to kill the stream. I do think the stream gives people additional surety of data that maybe they need, uh, mm -hmm. but not everybody sure. needs. So, sure. I mean, I, I think that's the only thing I would say about it. Well, I think, I mean, there are some distinct advantages to having stuff delivered on, on a stream from a business perspective. And, um, you know, it does fit in the models that, that have existed um, in growing scale. Just mm -hmm. look at Pandora and you look at Spotify. Um, the, the problem that I think that, that, that we in the podcasting space see is that there really are no examples of great success in integrating podcasts into a music service like what's being done currently uh, today yeah. with Spotify, Pandora, and even the Google Play Music Store, we shall see. There, yeah. th there are downloads there, and that's mainly in the, the app, but the online experience is all, all streaming. So I think we, we are in this battle, and I've been talking about mm -hmm. this battle between streaming and downloading for 12 years now since this whole medium started because yeah. I started out streaming my show um, on shoutcast streams when I started doing my my show back in the back in the early two thousands, but so, Rob, you were doing you were doing linear streams. You weren't doing on demand streams. I was doing both, Todd. I was doing the, I was the, doing the, both. The, the both of you. The both of you just yeah. stop it. I mean, this is the, <laughs> honestly this well, is this is something a consumer does not give a crap about. Like yeah, the consumer does not make these decisions. That's true. The consumer does not know. The, Tom, the, the, it might matter true, to you, but, but it doesn't matter to the consumer. Tom, that's true, but w what we're talking about here is the business side of delivery mm -hmm. and and what the advertisers are looking for. We're, we're not talking about what the what the listener sees here because that's that's not the core of the conversation here. The core, I all three of us agree that on the listener side, they don't care. Only up don't to care. the fact that that they do care that they want to be able to get access to the download. So if they're on an airplane or they're mm -hmm. on a on some sort of um, area that they can't get access, that they can still get access, right? Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, sure. And that's th that's the core thing here. And, and and it is true that once that download happens, it goes into a black box that mm -hmm. there's no metrics on, which is a concern to the business side, right? Not the technology side. Yeah. It's the business side is what we're talking about here. Well, and the other thing too, I want to just back up uh, about Pandora specifically. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that's going to play out. I really don't. I mean, I will say that they are a client, but I, I have no special knowledge about uh, about the podcast side of things. I do know that Pandora is half the space in the streaming mm -hmm. audio business. And so is, there's tremendous scale potential there. And I don't yeah. think that those are the only two or three shows they're going to do. What yeah. I do see, though, in our share of ear data, 
you know, when we started doing Share of Ear, uh, the, the, the split in terms of audio time between music and spoken word is about 80-20. 80% of what Americans listen to by time is music and the other 20% is spoken word. What I think, what I hope, what I believe is going to happen here is that the continued popularity of the podcast space, the continued new entrants who are, you know, already have some, uh, some other followings, celebrities and so on. And what, you know, whatever you may or may not think about that, it's, it's bringing new people to the space mm -hmm. uh, is that that ratio between music and spoken word is going to shift. I think that ratio between music and spoken word is going to shift a little bit more towards spoken word. Huh? And as it continues to shift towards spoken word, maybe that gets to be 75-25. If it's 75-25, we're talking about a significant opportunity for content producers, significantly larger audience available. And I think if I'm the leading player in the streaming space, Pandora, I might want to get in front of that. So <laughs> I think it's probably a good thing. Yeah. We'd love to have them add every show in the space. I don't think yeah. they ever will. Uh, probably not. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think um, a, a Pandora for spoken word, whether that's Pandora or somebody else, though, I think is sort of an interesting goal from a discovery perspective, because it can be difficult for people to find shows that they want. Right. It can be difficult. To, all right, I know I like this show. What else would I like? Right. If I listen to Mark Maron, what other shows might I like? And that. You know, the, the Pandora-like problem is, is uh, or the Pandora-like solution, I think, is an interesting widget to apply to that. I know there are people working on it. So uh, just on, to kind of change the topic a little bit, um, you know, I had mentioned about um, the, the, the lack of real success of music streaming services added podcasting, and I, I have my own opinion about this too. Sure. Just wanted to get your feedback just based on the, the you know you're talking to a lot of a lot of listeners things like that mm -hmm. um what should that model look like i mean if it, if a streaming music service just example um spotify yeah what should they do do you think to to grow podcast consumption and to make that a successful model yeah uh so spotify does something really interesting every week they send you a discovery playlist i don't have you mm -hmm. have you two ever used that it's phenomenal no mm -hmm. It's phenomenal. Um, they work with, uh, I'm, in, I'm in Boston where I live, uh, our, a local company here, the Echo Nest, which, uh, which Spotify bought, uh, has an amazing recommendation engine, which they have integrated into Spotify. And now once a week, based upon the things that you have listened to in the past, they send you a Discover playlist. And it's really good. Uh, my wife and I both listen to ours every week. It's, like, it's stuff we hadn't heard before. It's stuff we really like. Um, and... You know, the goal of Spotify and the goal of Pandora is no matter what you want to hear, that you stay with them. So it isn't necessarily Pandora's goal to, to promote podcasting. It's Pandora's goal when you do want to hear a podcast that you don't leave their platform. Mm -hmm. Right. So and that's that's going to be the goal of Spotify as well. Um, what the, what they both do really well is recommendation and discovery. And what that could do done well is expand the time spent listening to podcasts. It could expand the share of ear for podcasts beyond where it is now. If you, if you can do as well in music, uh, it, if, if you can do as well in spoken word as you do in music, and you recommend to me that one or two new shows that I didn't know about that I would love, that's going to mm -hmm. expand the share of ear. So I think that's, uh, that's kind of the road forward. Uh, the road forward for podcasting is to be everywhere the listeners are. And that's yeah. both of you know that. Uh, yeah. 
And yeah. I, again, it's not my, uh, I have no dog in the fight. My job is not to drive it one way or the other. My job is to accurately and honestly report it from a consumer standpoint, not from a server standpoint. Mm -hmm. I think my video dropped out again. So uh -oh. no, anyway, I mean, you're, I, you're there, but you're just frozen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, the, um, and there's always this discussion too, from a technical standpoint, from a consumer standpoint, they have no clue when they click play um, for the most part, uh, mm. if that media is being streamed or if it's actually being downloaded. For, for the most part, probably 90 or 95% of the traffic that's happening today is probably progressively downloaded. It looks just like yeah. a, it looks just like a stream and it really kind of reacts, looks and smells mm -hmm. and tastes the same. Um, from a, from a listener standpoint, there's obviously different things that happen on the back end from a, uh, from a metric standpoint between those that truly stream and those that are pseudo streaming through progressive download. I guess that's a better way to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think the, you know, I think we all can agree. I, at least, um, you know, I have listened to shows where I just click play. I want to listen on demand. I want to, I've also listened DVR style where I got something in the archive. I want to, I listened to that, you know, was popped in a couple of days earlier uh do i listen to podcasts just like i listen watch on my dvr i'll listen to five or six yeah. episodes of a show in a row you know so there's some of that going on um and i think too going back to some of the trending data rob i know you say that once it gets downloaded it, it ends up into this um black box oh, you don't know where yeah. it really goes yeah. to a certain extent that is true but at the same time because ios still holds you know 65 uh, or so percent of the total market space um we're able to tell when a show has um stopped listening because they drop off the trending line and three to five episodes that listener if he's not if he's downloading and not listening it just automatically stops so that's a story we've been able to tell now as ios loses market share um and depending on how the apps more as more apps come online, um, maybe that won't be such a good tell anymore. We won't be able to tell as good a story. Um, but at that point, you know, who knows what uh, what what um, what Apple's going to do? I don't think they're going to open up the sandbox for us. I don't. If they do, I think I'd fall out of my chair. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to it. see them open that up. Hey Todd, um, let's let's talk a little bit about what the user activity or the user scenarios are in, in the iTunes Apple ecosystem. Because um, Apple, in their stats for networks and stuff, they break out streams from downloads in their their reporting. Um, but I really wonder if if that is a true distinction um, or or not. Because uh, is do you know Todd is is Apple. Um, downloading the full episode when you click the play button they progressively it, do yeah when you so, if, if you haven't downloaded it they will progressively download yeah. um and it depends on your yeah. internet connection how fast it goes yeah so what I, we're seeing there in the data and this is what I, I i suspected is all the itunes activity is really a download there is no Streaming, and I'm not sure what the well, distinction is in in for their, in for their Apple network stats. partners. For their network partners, they've provided some yeah. breakouts. I have gotten some clarification from Apple on what 
those two pieces mean, but I have not gotten the approval yet to share mm-hmm. uh, publicly what that means. Um, hopefully I'll get something on the record here soon that I can come back and, and say um, mm-hmm. what they consider. A, and I think they actually say stream in their, yeah. Yeah, they in their network. Yeah. So again, it, I don't think it's in the true sense of the word a stream. It's still a progressive download. I might be ahead of myself here a little bit. So Apple is really, really the driving factor in a lot of this stuff. Um, Yeah, and and I think based on just, and again, this is a very small sample because it's only tech podcasts and a couple of other networks that we have that we look at. It's like an 80-20 Mm-hmm. Um, on those yeah. specific networks, 80% download, 20% within iOS only that actively click play. Yeah, I see the same thing in the Adore network too of the all the shows that I have in there. Um, it's about an 80-20 ratio. Yeah. But that's a small sample. That's 130 shows. That's nothing. Sure. But it is consistent with what I've seen in other networks out there too. It's an 80-20 breakout. But I, you know, it also depends on you know. We, you look at the market share on Android, and we're you know again the audience. Let's be careful when I say this too. So that you know, Tom, you saw the numbers we put out, mm-hmm. and we saw that Android had had made some you know not a lot, a little yeah. bit of a, mm-hmm. a, a progression. Mm-hmm. Um, the audience is not diverging; it's getting bigger. So it's not that iTunes audiences went down; it's because we've gained. Yeah, the pie is getting bigger. Yeah, yeah, pie is getting bigger. I think I I wrote an I wrote an article about that when the when the Google Move was first announced, and I thought uh, we would see incremental gains, but not huge gains. And I'm pretty sure Todd, you you put something out that agreed with that as well. Yeah, Um, yeah, I I agree with that. Everything is incremental uh, at this point. Um, I mean, I think the pie is going to continue to get bigger. Uh, People always push me to forecast. I'm not a forecaster. Uh, it's it's hard enough <laughs> telling people what what the now is as accurately and as uh, respectfully and responsibly as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think that there's there's absolutely still growth ahead for the medium. I, I don't see any reason uh, with especially with this last year seeing the biggest growth spike that we have seen in the 11, 12 years I've been tracking this space. That's pretty encouraging. You know, one thing that we've and again, I use some statistical analysis to figure this out. Um, we looked at, because I've got the entire stack. I've got 322,000 shows listed on our directory at Blueberry. We're able to see what, which ones are dead, which ones are live. Um, we're able to take the active number of shows, the number of shows that produced a new episode in the last month. So that was, you know, some shows only were producing one a month, which in my opinion, that's not really very active, but, um, you know, our definition of active was a new show at least once a month. And then we looked at our market share. We actually had the percentage of shows that, um, of our shows that were active and extrapolated that data out based upon what we saw as a total ecosphere. I, you know, I'm pretty confident in saying that I truly believe globally that there's over a hundred million people listening to podcasts Mm -hmm. on a, on a monthly basis, um, globally. I, I don't have a number for the yeah, United I, States. Yeah, but you know, does does that seem like a number that you could get behind, Tom? Or I, you know, I only have data for the United States, as you know, but it sure it sure smells right. Um, you know, the, the United States alone is ha, makes up a good chunk of that. So 
And I, and you know, it's, it's differential in different countries, right? It's, it's pretty True. big in Sweden. It's pretty big in the UK. Uh, not so big in Japan. I mean, it's all going to, you know, eventually rinse out, but, uh, but right now it's hard to look at global stats because there's so many outliers in global stats. I mean, the difference between Sweden and, and, uh, you know, Turkey, uh, would be huge, right? So it'd be hard to look at a global stat like that. Right. Um, but, uh, but a hundred sure smells right. I mean, I, I would suspect you know, it's north of that. Brazil and China are massive. Yeah, you know, they they make up a big chunk of that, uh, you know, top six or seven. And I think, and again, I don't have it in front of me, but I would say U.S., Canada, U.K., China, Brazil, Germany, and then a few other countries in there that make up the mass majority of it. You know, it's, uh, you know, there's some countries in South Africa that have, uh, you know, 100 listeners or something like that, you know, so yeah. it's yeah. In fact, I'm I'm going to South Africa to talk about podcasting in three weeks. It'll be my uh, well, my first trip to again, Joburg. Wow. And I just that that was just a you know I pull it out of my butt number. That really wasn't an actual, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to see some you know over time here to see some research come out on podcasting from a global perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, now we that's take, a big we take that's checks a big project. That's a big project. Yeah, yeah, we take checks. <laughs> Um, well, you know, we've, we've looked at it for private clients. We've looked at it for private clients in uh, Australia. We've looked at it for private clients in the UK. Um, you know, it's, it, it's a lot of it's content driven too. Right. And I, I think, uh, you know, the BBC does a great job with content and that's certainly given podcasting its first goose in the UK several years ago, uh, mm-hmm. continues to grow. Um, but you know, I, I look. I'm a podcaster myself. In fact, the next episode of uh, the Marketing Companion that I record with Mark Schaefer is going to be our third anniversary. So I, I, I don't know what we get for that bronze or silk or something, but um, <laughs> but I'm always amazed to look at our listener numbers of where people come from. You know, we have significant listenership in India. Uh, we have all of these just wacky countries. Uh, some of the stands. All the, the many stands in the world, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we have listeners uh, from everywhere. So, uh, you know, the ratio looks about right. Uh, that's why I think that Todd, the number that you rectally derived is, uh, I think it's probably at least that. Um, the hundred million number we didn't rectally, uh, yeah. that came from an actual hard look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I buy it. So, Tom, yeah. your slide um, that you had in here, types of smartphones owned by podcast listeners. I thought that was an interesting slide. I'm assuming that <coughs> you don't have data on that um, looking back in the past. That was a new um, I do. I do have data. I, I mean, it's new in this survey. I do have data back on it. And it's one of the reasons why I was so confident that Google Play adding podcasts would result in incremental gains, but not exponential gains uh, okay. because you already do have Android listeners listening to podcasts. They may not be listening yeah. on their Android phone because up until now that's been, there's been some friction on that, but they have other ways. Um, so the Android listeners have been listening to podcasts all along. Sure. Uh, this, you know, having a native client is going to, is going to help. It's absolutely going to increase. And I'm sure you, you guys are seeing that in your data. Um, but 
yeah, it's it's not like they haven't been catching podcasts. No, that's true. But the the number is getting close to iPhone, and that's yeah. that's that's what was an interesting trend it's, line. That it's I saw. very interesting. Well, especially when you consider how much more market share Android phones have yeah. than the iPhone, and how much more they're going to have. Makes the sense. IPhone. Um, yeah. It's that's bound to catch up. Yeah. Well, that, in you know what we were seeing um, when we introduced one click subscribe on Android at NAB in two thousand fifteen. Um, when we started adding and finally got up to nine or 10 developers that were supporting it. And then the 60,000 or so podcasters are using PowerPress had the ability, not all of them turned it on, but had the ability to turn on that feature. Um, what we started to see, um, was those apps, um, starting to climb in market share just a little bit by little bit, (laughs) but, um, we're seeing it at times as much as 100 to 150,000 uh, folks a day that are exploring um, at least initially they're clicking to try to subscribe on Android. Uh, whether or not they load an app or were they actually subscribe to a show, we'd have to mm-hmm. go to the specific vendors and ask. But when you get that kind of activity um, happening, which we feel – was really missing before because people were trying to searching and, and, you know, and trying to figure out how to do it on their own. Um, I think we've, we've helped with some of that headway. Now I just wish Google play had introduced their own independent app. That's the only way I think Google play is ever going to really help us bust out. I think Rob Walsh last week told us what he see Rob on across his shows at one and a half percent or something like that was some of the, the data on a market share now one and a half percent in a what a couple of months that's uh that's pretty impressive considering that considering that stitcher uh went from seven percent global to down like three and a half or four over yeah. the last year with them falling off the cliff uh gaining the ha- one and a half percent in the first month or so that that's pretty good yeah and that's probably with stitcher it's probably a combination of of things um one of which is that the pie is getting larger and they are static. So it can they're look static. Yeah. So it can look that like they're getting smaller, but they are not claiming their representative share of the ever growing pie, I think. Um, and by the way, I, uh, you know, I, I, I do, I do like to blab, um, but I am, I'm upset that I've only gotten five high fives. <laughs> hey, I'll you, get in here and add you, a few more too. Yeah, because look, I like I, I dressed up. I didn't dress up for you, but I am uh I am well dressed. Uh I speak clearly. There you go. There We're we go. There up. we go. All right. There you go. Hey, that there's uh ask for what you want. That's, uh, see, you that's ask for the order. I learned that in business school. <laughs> In our weekend show, we normally have got about 150 people in here. We're getting people during the workday, so uh, people are uh, are not tuning in today, too, so yeah. at this time. but yeah. uh, So, Rob, was there any other slides in there that you uh, you saw that you well, wanted to talk about? Yeah, I think um, just some feedback on it, just in a general sense, about the social media connection to, to podcasting. Yeah. You know, I know that you've got many slides in there talking about usage, uh, U.S. population versus podcast consumers, but but if you thought about um, asking some questions about um, consumption of podcasts via social media, because I don't know that you yeah. actually have asked about that. No, uh, we haven't asked about that. I, I mean, in to some respects, I try to stay away from things where server data might be a better clue. Okay. Um, okay. But, I mean, because I'm really trying to get at uh, at consumer level things. Um, sure. You know, it, it's. 
I mean, I could put that number out there. It may or may not be uh, what what you see on a server or what one network sees or another network sees. But yeah. I think what I what a survey like this captures is what's top of mind with people. Do people recall this is an activity that they do? Um, and that tells me that it's important or not important uh, mm -hmm. from a consumer standpoint, from a, a consumer adoption standpoint. And that's, you know, that's really the best you can do in, in a survey like this. Um, there is a point that I would like to make about our own research that um, I, I think is really important if you're in the business, again, of, of selling advertising. Uh, and that was at, towards the very end of this, uh, we, we presented a, a share of ear on the smartphone graph. Uh, mm -hmm. This is all of the listening that takes place on a smartphone. About 20% of audio is consumed on a smartphone by time uh, in our yeah. share of ear studies. And that's over, uh, over 8,000 diaries done uh, in the course of uh, the share of ear series. And what's fascinating about that period of time is how little of it an advertiser can actually buy. 43% um, of the smartphone share of ear is your own music files. So whether that's things from you know, Amazon or Google Play or iTunes, it's yeah. your own music files. Can't buy ads on that. 38% uh, sure. of it is streamed audio, which again, Pandora is half that category and, and Spotify and the rest make yep. up a bit. Very Spartan ad advertising environment, right? I mean, the, uh, Pandora, you might hear six spots an hour at most. Um, AM, FM radio is 8% of that. So yeah, that's a pretty, I'll call that an advertising rich environment. Um, and then podcasting is 7% of that, almost, almost identical with AM, FM radio. When you look at what you can buy in that, it's not very much. Um, and with, with listening, migrating more and more to the smartphone, uh, podcasts are they're kind of one of the only ways you can get an ad in there, especially as mobile ad blocking is going to continue. Uh, mm -hmm. I think when more and more consumers understand that they can block ads on their mobile just like they can with ad block on their desktop, uh, you're going to want to be there firstest with the mostest in mobile advertising. And right now, as long as we don't muck it up, uh, it's a pretty good advertising environment, right? It's pretty hard to skip an ad in, in a podcast. Or yep. You often don't really care to. So I think that, you know that's a compelling point that I'd like to to let linger with uh, your audience. And I know you guys can't see me, but I'm holding up my phone. And you know, one thing that I always tell folks is, you know, you're listening to a show, you're probably you're your your mobile is either going to be on your desk face down or it's going to be in your purse or in your pocket. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily, you're not watching, you know, your phone. So there's really no opportunity for mobile. And, you know, there may be a, you know, a quick catch when you load a show or something, there might be yeah. a banner on there, but the majority of it is the majority, 90% of the time or 95% of the time, you're not even going to be looking at the device when you're listening to something. You may actually be on Facebook while you're listening to a podcast. You, you know, you may not even be on the app. So I, I, I agree with you, Tom. I think mm -hmm. the, the opportunities will continue to grow as far as spoken yeah. word and advertising opportunities. So I got about nine more minutes, guys. Um, so whatever other questions or just lots of high fives. Uh, <laughs> I'll take nine Double minutes of high fives. fives. Take yeah. all I can get. I, I, have, <laughs> I have low self-esteem. I could use Keep them all. Keep them coming, right? Keep them coming. Keep them coming. So do you see a, a trend line with the, the one slide that you have in here that you know focuses on podcast listeners in the share of ear? And I know... This was the one that was like everybody I, I think really focused in on was the, the the people that are listening to podcast content are pretty avid about it. They're thirty two percent of their time spent listening uh, was podcast and was twenty five percent. Is that ratio? Do you think is that 
um, and with podcasts, is that growing or is that? Oh, it's, it's, it's growing. I've, 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 I have reported that data three times publicly now. Um, and every time it has grown. The first time I reported it, podcasting was a strong second to AM FM radio. The, th- okay. the second time I presented it, um, podcasting was just just barely edged out AM FM radio. And now it's clearly number one. So that ratio has changed, uh, has changed quite a bit. And I think it's going to continue. And that's one of the reasons why, I mean, I know that's a, that's a sort of a small microcosm of, of the global, of the total audio universe. But it's one of the reasons why I'm fairly confident that that ratio of music to spoken word is going to shift. Uh, I think people are rediscovering spoken word in, in a lot of ways because they are discovering uh, environments in which they can use it. They are uh, able to take it with them on their smartphone. And there's a lot more compelling content being made available. So again, I think that's yeah. that's all. I mean, let's face it. If you know, anytime anybody asks me what's the number one thing holding podcasting back, my answer is always the same: music. Most of what we listen to is music, and if you podcast music, a lawyer will shoot you in the face. But right. we are getting uh, we are getting that ratio to shift, uh, and I think you know, spoken word content is a fantastic advertising medium. Um, and I think it's a fantastic content medium from the consumer's perspective. So I, I think it's just going to keep growing. One and of the folks in the, go ahead, Rob. Go. Well, I was going to um, say one of the, one of the folks in the chat room says, I'm thankful for podcasts that have time ads and I can hit the 30 second skip button. And, and I'll be honest, if there are, if, if the podcaster is only doing a 30 second spot, he's probably doing the ad spot wrong. It's probably worthy of being skipped. Um, you know, if the podcaster's doing the ad right, it's it's longer than 30 seconds, and it's something that you don't want to skip because generally the story should change. It shouldn't be repetitive. It shouldn't sound like the same thing every time. Um, so to me, when I hear that type of a comment, it makes me cringe because that tells me that the execution of the advertising is not being done real well. Well, I think that's the ideal, Todd. I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you that the ideal is to have a compelling host read spot that's kind of you know natively entwined as part of the content. Um, and I guess the, 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 the that I always tell you, ask people is you know if Geico knocks on your door uh, and says, "Look, we want to advertise on your podcast, but this is how it needs to be done. Uh, it needs to be three spots of flow telling you to, to name your own price." You know, will you take the gecko or will you not take the gecko? We will take the gecko. Um, so, uh, you know, is there a, an optimal way to do it? Yes. Are there multiple ways to do it and make money? Yes. So, but I'm not going to take Flo for six bucks and have her do three different spots on my show because that to me will have, it, it, sure, it's an ad, <laughs> but are we really serving the advertiser correctly and actually delivering them value? Yeah. Maybe they don't care. Well, it, it depends on what the goal of the advertiser is. Um, maybe they don't care about what you're talking about. Maybe they just care that right. uh, that they the, their share of conversation goes up by a percentage point, and that's just a part of it. Yeah. Um, it just depends on what their goals are. So, I mean, I, I, is there an optimal way to do it? Yes, but I think uh, when it comes when it comes right down to it, most people will take the gecko. If Ge- if uh, Geico took five percent of their global television advertising, and put it in podcasts, we would only hear the Gecko <laughs> and every it would, podcast. It would be all, all all Gecko all day. <laughs> well, it's funny. Like when I when I show the overall share of ear graph about podcasts, and right now podcast content is about two percent of all audio. Yeah, I was going to ask about um, that. Like people just don't understand how to read that um, because first of all, that's 
tens of millions of hours of audio, right? It's not a small number. If you, sh if you show up on that graph, it is not a small number. Second, right. uh, if that is a whole, there's a whole lot of zeros factored in there for all the people who don't listen to podcasts. So, you know, when more people listen to podcasts, that number is going to naturally rise. And, and we've already talked about the share of year amongst podcast listeners. But the last thing yeah. I, I tell people, uh, especially when you get sort of ad buyer pushback on that, is I, I, I say, you know, look, compare podcast to AM, FM radio. Uh, right now, pod, the, the time spent listening to podcasts is about 125th of the time spent with AM, FM radio. Would podcasters take 125th of the global audio advertising budget? You bet your sweet butt they would. You right? bet. That's a that's a number with a B on the end. That is a that is a that is a, a two yeah <laughs> that's a double digit B. Uh, so would you take a, a twentieth of that? You, mean. you know, yeah. would you take a twentieth yeah. of that? I think you would. I think that's a lot more right. space is building right now. So it's not a small number. No, I you know I think the space. If you really look at it from a billing standpoint, if if the space is billing. A hundred million a year. I think we're doing pretty doggone good. It might be more than that, but I, I would think be it, surprised. It, I think it's around that. It might be a little more than that, but that's sort of where I would ballpark it. Yeah, yeah. hundred, hundred twenty, so maybe. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to run here pretty quick. Okay, yeah, sure. We're seeing a trend line, you know, with AM FM radio kind of, kind of declining in in time spent listening and audience and podcasting growing are they on a trajectory that are kind of like parallel to each other where we're seeing kind of drift from people listening to FM radio over to on demand you know is there any uh, trend lines around that it, less than you think rob with podcasting there there is that drift with streaming audio services uh and mm -hmm. spotify um but you know americans right now listen to about four hours of audio per day that's the average american yeah. but with podcast yeah. listeners it's six hours so it, it really is just they're making a lot more. They, they either are people that are audio junkies anyway, or they're just finding more time in their day for extra audio. So there's sort of less cannibalization in that perspective, as you might think. There's okay. more between streaming audio and, and AMFM. And, and part of where I'm driving with this is you think about CarPlay and Android Auto. Yeah. Is that going to accelerate that transition away from AMFM radio? You know, um, there's a couple things about AM/FM radio that uh, it's it's not it's not ever I don't think going to fall off the cliff that that newspapers do. No, um, no it's it still has, gradually. The, the reach is still very high, um, and you know I think that, that there's an assumption people make that because it's the only thing most people get in their car that they have sort of a captive audience. Uh, to some extent, that's true. To some extent, that's not true. To some extent, there are people that actually really love their their favorite morning show, um, and they will actually sit in the car when they get to the office so they can finish hearing a joke. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, what's, what's going to change things a lot is when uh, dashboards get smarter about being able to switch content. You know, we released mm -hmm. a study a, a few weeks ago called the commuter code where we actually mounted GoPro cameras in cars and watched people's uh, switching behaviors. And people who listen to AMFM radio switched a lot more. They switched 22 times in an average commute. People who listen to other stuff, streaming, podcasting, switched about nine. But that's because it's easier to switch AM FM radio. You know what I mean? If you try to switch something and it's streaming off your phone, you could die. Uh, so don't do that. But uh, when it becomes really easy to skip ads in a podcast or move to another podcast or change stations on Pandora from your dashboard and, uh, and you're not in danger of having a car accident, then, you know, when switching gets easier, people switch. That's the way it happens. Tom, I know we're here at the top of the hour and I know yeah. your time's valuable. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. 
And uh, if, if anyone has comments for Tom or questions, where, where should they reach out to you at? Uh, Twitter is fine. It's uh, Web2001. I, I pretty much answer any tweet I get. So as long as they're nice and don't call me names. High fives. All right. Thank you. Hey, thanks High so five. much. All right. Cheers. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, Rob, I'm going to try to recycle so I can be up here where you can see me again. Okay. So let me yeah. let me hang up Let's and call right back here. in. All right. Todd's going to start calling back in here in a second here. Get him accepted. No, why it keeps trying so to get his video back. Yeah. yeah. In the I didn't want to take him uh, go too hard on him, but he did still kind of. Uh, he said some things initially that contradicts the slide still. And talking about more people, there's a bigger group of people that are streaming live, but that's not what the slide says. So I'm, I'm still a little confused. Well, I think he's adding, adding context, I guess, to the research, I guess, maybe, I don't know. I mean, it's, Yeah. I mean, I think we still have the the core questions uh, around kind of the metrics of downloading versus kind of the streaming thing. I I still think that there's some, you know, I think we all have a better understanding of what the research um, and what was presented is. I think that the bigger question of um, of kind of the the business side, which is I tried to make clear um, of the this the struggle between download and streaming, uh, or even the perception of streaming, um, is to the business side. And there are um, there are people out there, like you said, Todd, that uh, want to get rid of the download, and that's just the reality. I mean, Tom can say that's that's irrelevant to the conversation, but it's the truth. It's the honest to God truth. So um, any anyone that was here from, get rid of downloads. So anyone that was here from the beginning, if you want to jump in, I'd love to hear your guys's thoughts on. And again, if you don't know the full context of what we're talking about in a specific slide that has gotten so much conversation by a multitude of podcast luminaries, um, love to have you jump in and add your two cents worth. Um, and, you know, maybe we can, Rob, if you have it available, maybe you can read that slide and say what that slide says. Um, it's Oh, the method of uh, listening to podcasts? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the slide that we referenced at the very beginning. Um, slide 19. On, I think it's slide 19 that says click on a podcast and listen immediately, 79%. Uh, the other one is download podcasts manually and listen later, 49%, and subscribe to a podcast and download automatically to listen later um, but, but we didn't, is, is 36%. And I made a mistake. I should have got the context of how they asked the question. I'm assuming, and Tom, if you're still listening, I'm assuming the question was, have you done one of the following? Yes, and it was a multiple option or uh, not, answer. what have you done the most? Again, it's, there's there's different ways to read that slide depending on how exactly the question was asked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Which we don't know. 
And, and my point that I was trying to make with the whole iTunes was, is that I think, um, download a podcast manually and listen later and click on a podcast to listen immediately can be the same thing. Same thing. And, and so that, that I know the intent was, is to have a download manually. And I don't know what download manually really means and listen later. Does that mean you click and download it to your hard drive and then you it's on your desktop and you play it later or is it download in iTunes and it's stored there and then you come back and listen to it later in some people's view that could be the same thing as just click and play you know, so based I, on know. the based on the you know the survey that with the not the survey the actual results that we put out and let's see if I can find the page on that. If you, okay. So if you think about that number again, um, and what they said on click and listen, you know, download or yeah, yeah, that those two numbers in iOS, at least it could be combined, but there's a lot of apps, you know, mobile applications make up 42% of podcast consumption right now. Um, it might, you know, there's some variances there, plus or minus two, three percent, I'm sure, but you know, based on our look. But if you look at the t uh, mobile applications, you've got podcasts for iOS, the so CF Networks, whoever that app is, Pocket Cast, the Android Podcast app, Stitcher Radio for iOS, Overcast, Stitcher Radio for Android, Beyond Pod for Android, Downcast for iOS. All of those, with the exception of one, Stitcher Radio for Android, is a, an app that you can download and listen later, or you can load the app up and play now. There are very, very few um, podcast consumption platforms that are um, stream only, right? Yeah. Or click play only. Stitcher, actually. Pandora, um, you guys on the web-based side, right? It's Spreaker. Mm -hmm. Well, we're we're doing streaming, but we still offer downloads off of off of the web as well. Okay. And then in all of our apps, so you can subscribe and do the auto download thing too. So at least forty two percent have the option to do one or the other: play actively and or download and listen later. So, yeah. I mean, that's just on the app side. Yeah, and I think what you know, Rob Walsh's point on this was is that I think it's 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 kind of the I mean, I think we, we understand what the intent of the question was, yeah, but I yeah. think it's the wrong it's the wrong question and the wrong presentation of the data compared to what the realities are. Um and I think, you know, Tom had a good point. It's kind of an engineering distinction. Yeah. Uh and that's probably pretty accurate, but we're trying to walk the line between trying to reflect reality, user behavior, and the technical side, and not trying to separate those two things because it's they're very difficult to separate and be accurate, right? You know, it, this, the title of a, a blog post we did, On Demand Versus Streaming Podcast, it's the listener's choice and why we support that. I don't care how they listen. <laughs> Yeah. So is if if then if the so maybe maybe okay so let's let's look at this from a tinfoil hat standpoint. Um, if and of course this is when you get conspiracy theory, folks. So if if they're not worried about the download and they're not worried about the stream, if that's all just superfluous crap that we can just throw out, we don't care how the listener gets it, long as they get it. 
is it really then back to the advertising message that they think they have a better sell by saying streaming is increasing and yes yes it is it 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 is focused on brand advertisers that's that's who is trying to be reached here by by having a streaming focused medium right yep for all the reasons that we talked about earlier brand advertisers have a have a are, are used to buying on radio being able to have it air and then have it disappear right after a certain campaign date the sad um, part the is the problem is, is that that a download doesn't enable that a download is could be sitting on that user's uh, hard drive for a week after that sale or that promotion or that special targeting ad um, uh, is delivered in the media file. And we also are talking about dynamic insertion here too, right, which right. also complicates the situation too when you look at a, a Google Play Music because they're caching episodes. They're not, you know, there's layers of this that are just like breaking things. And that's, that's, the, that's the core issue here is downloads and caching are the are are the kind of the the target for for causing problems on the business side of podcasting to some people <laughs> to certain yeah and and there are people that are coming out of the the online radio side and the broadcast side because they're they're folks that are used to working with brand advertisers and they want to get brand advertisers into their podcasts and if they can, they can eliminate the download, which I think they, they all accept that that's kind of a huge challenge. They can't really do that. They can jump in up and down and complain about it all they want, but it's, it's not going to go away. Right. Uh, and then the, the caching and rehosting issue um, that, that, that Google Play Music is doing and Stitcher is doing has been an issue for a certain segment of the podcast space that is doing dynamic insertion. For 90% of the people that listen to this show, I'm going to be just pretty they frank. Care. They don't care. <laughs> care. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, but the reason that we're saying this is that, and why this slide has gotten the attention that it has is because of those business questions, right? Right. This, this slide could be presented to a brand advertiser and say, this is the trend line. People are streaming more, right? <laughs> so you as a brand advertiser can be, feel more confident in advertising in podcasts. And is that accurate information is the question. I don't have a cigarette and I don't have any mirrors here. So uh, we're not making smoke and there's no mirrors here. <laughs> no, no. It, it's just being, being honest about it. I mean, th that's, I mean, that's one thing that this medium needs to be is we, we need to be really uh, transparent with what we're does, doing. Does Geico care that we're running an, okay. I, how many times have you seen the same Geico commercial for the past three years? It's the same stupid Geico commercial. It's the same thing, you know? Well, they, they changed the content around, but yeah, it's the same it, basic it's, concept. It's the same message. And yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, Macy's going to have their Thanksgiving sale. So they want to do an advertisement the week before. So I understand they may have not want that Macy ad to be heard after Thanksgiving um, or after Black Friday or something to that effect. But, yeah. you know, we've been able to, you know, 
explain the consumption trends that happen in podcasts. And again, it's, it's not a hard story to tell unless you just don't know how to tell the story. Maybe that's the problem. Well, that and, and I think that the, I mean, this is another kind of a transparent comment that I'm going to make too is, is podcasts and podcasters tend to think of their audience first, yep. right? Radio and online radio folks think of their advertiser first. Yep. And that's, yeah. And if you think about the context of that, that, that tells you what the motivations are, right? At a very base level um, of, of, you know, in these worlds that from a culture perspective, those worlds are, are collide with each other because they're, they're not the same. Right. Rob, as you and I have talked about before, you and I are the station manager of this show. Yeah. We, the buck stops here on determining when an advertiser is going to be in the show or not. And whereas the radio station, the program manager does not care what the talent likes or dislikes. The, per, the, pro, the station manager wants the advertising to fill those ad slots, no matter what on that drive show. And if it means selling, uh, you, you know, I'm sure we've all heard some pretty wild ads on drive time. They don't care. They got to fill the spot. And right. the it's all about revenue. revenue. The, and, the, and really to, to, to a radio station and, and an online streaming company, the, the listener is not their customer. Right. right. The advertiser is their customer. And yeah. that's what's different about podcasts. Podcasts, we consider our listeners to be our our customers. Yep. And and that's that's a that's where if you really want to bring it down to the bottom line, that's that's where the friction exists between these two sides. And there are two sides here. But at the same time, do they not realize because we think about the listener first that that's why the advertising the is so successful. Yeah. Well, there is a direct connection with engagement <laughs> and trust, all these authenticity issues yeah. and, and, um, and accountability to your audience for what you present to them. You know what? That the doesn't exist in radio. You know what the problem is, is here's where let's, this goes back to something you've been saying for a while now, Rob. Most of these folks at the big podcasting companies, they are not podcasters. They're suits. So they don't under they don't understand the dynamics and the relationships we have with audience members. No, it's all about revenue. It's all about it, it, it's the business side is what the what the focus is here, and yeah, it's was, it's just the way it is. You know, I'm here in in Michigan visiting family, and people, of course, ask me about my podcast and what's going on, and and um, let's uh, the medium income in this community is. Um, uh, not great. So, um, you know, sometimes folks are lucky if they have uh, internet in the home. So I was talking to someone and they were talking about some stuff that they're watching on TV and some stuff that they get in magazines. And I said, Oh, you need to listen to such and such podcast. And, um, and uh, they did have internet at home. They didn't have uh, smartphones. Um, so, um, I've been here a few days, a couple of days later, or actually last night, they, they called in here and said, hey, I listened to that show you told me about. And oh, my God, it's perfect. So and really what it is, is we, it goes back to the 
the relationships that podcasters, again, just like you said, the relationships podcasters have with the audience members Um, and access. And I think we would like to have a a stronger relationship with the audience. I mean, I, that's, that's my desire. And that's one of the reasons why Blab is so great is that we can see audience. We can see audience. We can see people commenting. We can have that engagement. And I think that these listening platforms um, includes all of us uh, need to do a better job of this. And Blab, I think, exposes that as something that is unique about this medium. And it needs to be um, expanded upon. It needs to be developed. It needs to have more effort put into it to to make this a stronger listener medium and not a stronger business medium. One of the questions that was asked earlier, and this is something I, would, I want to get back to because it was asked. I don't want to let it go. I don't know if Jason's still here or not, but um, he says, what does Google Play Music use to search for a podcast? Just the title or are there other areas that yeah. it pulls from? We were talking about this. I think right now they're doing – Yeah. Title only, right? I'm not really sure. Probably. Yeah, we I mean, talked about it in another. That's the easiest thing from a programming yes, perspective is to, just to target the the title and look for keywords. Um, you know, it takes a deeper, I mean, a site to build a search engine that indexes um, descriptions and episode titles and show titles. I mean, all that stuff uh, is a complex ask of a developer. So, mm-hmm. Um, that, that's why a lot of sites have poor search. And we spent some time, (laughs) we spent a lot of time on search on, um, on Blueberry and we're, I'm really happy with the search right now, but again, it's, um, discovery is, you know, finding like-minded shows is still tough. Yeah. Well, there is no easy solution to discovery in this space. Yeah. Bang said, and it was in relation to um, um, live listens and so forth. He says, could it be conflating YouTube with podcast um, from a survey's response? I don't think so. I think they were specifically in asking about podcast consumption, not YouTube consumption. Yeah. And do, does the mass population even understand really what a podcast is? I, is one <laughs> of the other questions, right? Um I mean, if you look at their the study methodology um, in the the Infinite Dial, the Edison research, it looks like they they conducted a telephone survey of 2,001 people aged 12 and older using a random digit dialing technique, and they spoke to 52% of people on landlines. Hmm. I don't even know that people had landlines anymore. And 48% cell phones. Wow. Uh, It says, um, yeah. So 52% landlines. Is that, I guess that's a pretty, I don't know if that's representative of how many people still have home phones. Uh, Where do you find people having those home phones? You have them in cell phone denied areas, which are typically uh, data denied areas. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, you might, you know, there's a, there's a house phone in here, but we're not in a, a necessarily a cell phone data denied area because I'm streaming today with my 
you know, I got three bars on Verizon LTE, so that's not an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, data I mean, denied from the internet standpoint, they are because they have a wireless internet here. I mean, it 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 could be representative. I mean, a good representation of uh, the population. Maybe fifty two percent still have landlines. Forty eight percent have cell phones. I, I it could be. And I didn't want to argue with him over the subscription thing either, because you know i i tr- I tend to believe that people that are subscribed to shows have listened to a few. And say, I want to be on a permanent uh, subscription basis with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, you know, I don't see people subscribing early to new shows, but, you know, maybe they, I don't know. I don't have any really data to back any of that data up either. Oh, as Just, far as new shows that they're, yeah, yeah. yeah not if subscribing, people, so, I mean, I mean, my gut is that a, a user would listen to an episode first before they subscribe. Right. Another thing, too, that could happen is that um, going to the social aspect, you know, we've had to so heavy filter on Twitter, uh, Twitter bots um, that, you know, there could be um, um, if people are not haven't put that work into any type of social tracking on, you know, like plays coming from Twitter, they could be getting some inflated numbers there, too. But he's not dealing with data. He's just dealing with survey data. Yeah. So and and I still wonder what the actual play dynamic is um, off off of social media for podcasting. I mean, well, unless you're filtering, there's a lot of faults. Just because you know we track over 100 bots alone that cl- uh, basically follow any link in social media. There's probably a lot of clicks that come out of social media, but I don't think that there's a lot of. Um, listens that are of any significance right i get click bladed a lot when someone says oh here's the topic on my next show and i click on their link to go look at their show notes and it takes me straight to their player um and i just immediately close those links so uh, there is a little bit of clickbait going on from from podcasters Mm -hmm. yeah i think those people clicking on the link i'm just not sure that you're you're getting real listeners there I think they're basically in 30 seconds, they're going to decide or less if, if they're going to continue or not. And, uh, you know, stats show within Facebook that, you know, people are watching two, three minute videos or audio clips, but they're not listening to long form content. Just, sit, you know, you just think about how you use Facebook. You're not staying on the same area. Yeah. You're continuously scrolling. And the research here was focused on uh, what people you know, and I asked Tom about this too, you know, what's a podcast listener, what do they do with social, but there really is no connection between these numbers and um, the effectiveness of any of those social platforms on listening to podcasts. They, they're kind of completely two separate things, but well, it and also comes I'm across the- though, as, as a, there's a lot of consumption of podcasts coming out of social media. And Facebook drives false plays, too, because a lot of people have autoplay set. As soon as you scroll up over top of a video, the video automatically starts playing. You don't even have to do anything. I've shut all that off, or I have to mainly, but that's not the default setting for Facebook. And you have to dig to find out where to shut that off to stop autoplay. Yeah. So. I mean, I think it would be good to get usage data. Do you guys have usage data? coming off of uh, referrers from Facebook and 
Twitter and things like that? Uh, Twitter we do, but Facebook is because most people put their have to put their meet unless they d- just link to the media or link to a blog page. Um, it's lost uh, because either if people put some content up on Facebook, it's played there and it's in that ecosystem. And um, so Facebook is harder, harder than Twitter. Yeah. Interesting. People, what they should be doing is if they're linking to their show notes on Facebook and Twitter, they need to have their web analytics uh, set up so that you're looking at the traffic coming from Facebook and Twitter via your web analytics um, to see how many people actually land on a, on a show notes or on a specific episode page. And then you maybe do some cross correlation, determine, okay, let's say I had a thousand people land on the episode page within the web analytics, but I know that this episode only had 800 listens, um, on brow. You have to look at browser plays, uh, and mobile browser plays, add that up and you'll be able to see what your, you know, take a little bit of math, but you'd be able to do the, uh, be able to figure out exactly what your, I guess, success play rate would be from Facebook and uh, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Tom Webster was on with this earlier, Krishna, uh, talking about his their latest um, survey results. Yeah, and this uh, this whole show will be available as a podcast um, an audio and video podcast off of the, the new media show.com website. So yep. you can go, go get it after the fact. It's a show talking about podcasting. So of course we have to put it out as a podcast. <laughs> so you can get it later. So Rob, anything else in the news you want to talk about real quick before we bounce? Well, it just seems like uh, there's a lot of research that's coming out. Actually, I, I did notice that the Nielsen folks put out um, some some research on podcasting. It's really kind of kind of limited, but I thought it was interesting that they were starting down that path. Uh, it came out on the on uh, May twenty third. I don't know if you saw this or not. I did from not. from Nielsen Scarborough found that podcasting consumption is on the rise with the number of adults eighteen and older. At listening over the past month, doubling over the previous five years, something like that. So, I'll post a link to this. Doubling um, over the last five years. Hmm. How do they get that info? I think it's. I think I saw it in even um, uh, Edison's research too that that showed if you look at the the amount of people that are listening to podcasts. Um. It's, it's doubled, doubled over the five-year period of time. Okay. So. Yeah, I'd have to – I don't think we've tracked that. Of course, I only – it's hard to track that because, you know, five years ago, I didn't have as many customers as I do today. <laughs> so how do I – you know, I, I have to look at those base five years of – I have to look at shows that were in existence. It, it's very – that's a very hard – it's very, very hard to extrapolate that accurately. Yeah. Yeah, and also see that the Nielsen folks put out um, a, a list of top activities of podcast listeners uh, oh. over the last 12 months. They, I mean, like physical activities. Um, swimming was the, was the number one with 44%. Huh? Jogging, running, 41%. Biking, 40%. 29% hiking and backpacking. 
28% photography, 28% bowling, 25% camping. Well, that's where you better have your advertising uh, banners and your links to your advertisers on your websites and your show notes page because they are definitely not clicking or going to your sponsors pages when they're swimming. No, that's true. You, I don't <laughs> think there's such thing as a waterproof I, you know, iPod. Oh, there are. Came out with, are there? Yeah. Are there wa- yeah. waterproof yeah. iPods? Yeah, know. waterproof. And it's a, a specific company sells them and they sell <laughs> waterproof earbuds too. Was it like a coating of the of the yeah. device, or is it like a little yeah. like a clear container? Yeah, something? they were selling the the last company I checked were selling the old Apple. You know, oh, I can imagine people are listening to music. I can't imagine that they're syncing that to a podcast while they're swimming, but it's uh, kind so, of bizarre. But the the one that of of that list that I listed that over index is with. Um, podcast listeners is uh photography and i would tend to agree that's kind of a geeky thing right yeah rob we're already here at the bottom of the hour yes we are we did a monday show todd this is the first yeah we did and uh (laughs) the house actually got quiet i think everybody disappeared i some people went into town and (laughs) so yes i'm uh i'm in uh well at my sister's place uh, and, I, and I don't know if you can see it back there, but that's a field. So uh, there's a there's a, a soybean field out that way, and a, a corn field on that side. So I am oh, wow. uh, I am definitely definitely in the country, yeah. uh, per like, se. So when are you heading back? Are you going to be back uh, before next Saturday? Yeah, I leave for Chicago tomorrow morning at about uh, four a.m. I guess. Podcast movement's coming. It is. Speaking of Chicago. Let's see if we can get Dan on the show. To get an update. Yeah, let's plan on doing that for next week's uh, next week's show. All right. Do we want to do one on Saturday? Yeah, we can. Yeah, let's do that if we can. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Yep. And you can reach me, Todd, uh, Todd at com. Or at Geek News on Twitter. And I can be reached at Rob at Spreaker.com. So it's an easy way. Or RobGreenlee.com or on Twitter um, at Rob Greenlee. Two E's. So everyone, thanks for hanging out with us. And it looks like we're going to get a recording out of this, Rob. Yes, that's (laughs) the idea. All right. Thanks, everybody. Okay. Thank Thank you, everybody.